Welcome to the CCUPC Cutting Room Floor, where we try to connect Sunday to the weekday. I'm Pastor James. And I'm Pastor Dina. And this week, we're taking a deeper dive into Genesis 32. We're going to be talking about Jacob and when he wrestles with a visitor, which we learn is, of course, the Lord. Uh, we discussed how this patch passage teaches us how we are broken, named, and blessed by God. Um which are three words that I think we, we struggle with. We have some conception of, but maybe don't know fully what they mean. So, uh, Pastor Dino, what were some of your takeaways from this? What were some of the things that struck you? How was the Holy Spirit working on you during this sermon? I think the thing that I keep coming back to is that idea of, of struggling with God, because there is really no way to put on this identity of Christ to be in the to to be who God has created us to be without struggling with God. And and so often we we paint struggling with God as as resisting or as our unfaithfulness. But I think and and sometimes that's definitely true. But I think when we overlook the idea that we need to struggle with God, we paint this picture of of an easy, an easy life with God. And that, I think that does us a disservice because when those hard times come, when those struggles come, when we don't know where God is leading, when we have to wait, it can feel then like God has abandoned us. Yeah, that's, um, I, I think when, I think most people, when they would hear that, they would say, well, I don't believe that. I don't think it's, it's easy, yeah. uh, you know, an I've easy never life. struggled with God. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, as we talk about this, what's, what's kind of underneath the hood of that? And what are the things that, 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 what is this struggling of Jacob and how do, like, what, what does it look like right now? I think, I think waiting is a lot. I think, you know, working in the church and as we've, as we've named over the past, however many months we've done the the podcast that the church no longer has primary place in society and the church perhaps has missed the mark in some places in some of the places where we put our priorities there's struggle in discerning who are we now god and and who are we called to be and what are we supposed to be doing and i think i mean i think that's happening at church levels and at in individual levels as we figure out what does it mean to look what does it look like to be a Christian now? What does it look like to trust a God in a broken world? What does it mean to trust God when it's not the cultural norm anymore? And and we have politicians telling us that Christians stand for these things. And then we have people on the other side saying, no, Christians stand for these things. And how do we wrestle with, with our identity? You talked a lot about identity on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I guess that's kind of my my point that to really to really know our identity we have it it's a struggle it's it's discernment it's not just poof now today <laughs> you know I'm I'm a Christian and and all is right with the world and in my heart and maybe that in my heart is kind of the key that we still have to keep struggling through our identity. One of the last things you said on Sunday, or at least the last thing I wrote down, <laughs> um, said, you know, do we realize that we're lost and lonely and powerless without God? And 
those are none of those are good things powerless lost lonely not things i strive to be on any <laughs> given day um although i'm very good at getting lost but whatever um so i think to to fully live into that idea that without god we are lonely and without god we are lost and powerless it those qualities don't come naturally to us it it's going to take work and and struggle and push and pull with with god as we try to retain power and and surrender power and and trust and trying to work it out ourselves which is why works righteousness is still a thing yeah you know this many years after the the reformation we still want to think that we can work things out on our own and and they're hard these are hard things to to embrace and they're not what the world embraces so we have struggle there too yes and and i mean it, you, i don't want to say it used to be easier I, a lot of things have changed in terms of the metrics of what the church looks like mm-hmm. and what it means to be a successful church and what it means to be a church a growing church mm-hmm. um and, and i've seen this in in a number of churches where um there's this desire to go back to the way things had been mm-hmm. and you know the the identity of the church is bound up very much in <clears throat> excuse me if we could only get people back on sunday mornings if we could only get uh the sunday schools full again mm-hmm. if we could only um have the the plates full and mm-hmm. uh to have to to add more to the communion sets then everything would be okay. That would mean that we're okay. Yeah. And And we see it on personal levels too and and don't know how to reckon with the fact that that those things really don't mean what we think. I think the... Mm. the, um, I, I hear... I've heard said a number of times, especially lately, that like this current generation of of young adults is going to be the first in a long time that to not do better than their parents have done financially and from a, a business success perspective. So what, what does that mean? Like if we've hit the, if we've hit the max of how far society can advance in terms of the American dream. And maybe not even the max, but just, but the threshold of, of where we are right now. Yeah. Um, how, how do we reckon with that? And then what does it mean to have a good life if it's not one more car or one more bedroom or one more vacation than your parents had? Yeah, 500 more square foot yeah. on the house. or Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing that, that the church has gotten caught up in because we, you know, if it's interesting. If you like look at the statistics on how much was spent on buildings mm-hmm. like pre-World War II to post-World War II, Buildings really became an idol right after World War II. Um, They, I mean, we spent collectively as a faith, we spent billions uh, right after the, right after the war on church buildings. Um, Now, I can't say the same happened for, uh, you know, discipleship programs and so on and so forth. And I think that's the thing is we're finding that, that, I think the church is finding that what they had done previously is coming up empty, mm-hmm. much as what Jacob found in the midst of being between um, Esau and Laban 
like he realized he was coming up empty. Um, and at least he, he realized that that emptiness was there. Um, you know, I, my fear for the church right now is that by and large, uh, particularly in the main lines, we don't realize that, that we have missed the mark and that Mm -hmm. what we're chasing is, what we're chasing is, is a, a large religion and not a humble faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, and we're chasing this idea that it has to be the way that we always envisioned it. I know a couple of weeks ago I shared that I spoke at a, a Presbyterian women's gathering and, and we talked that day about, you know, perhaps blessing things and letting them go or, or that things may not always look the same as it had. And yet at the Presbyterian meeting um, this past week, some of those same women, women stood up there and, and said the exact same thing. Someone has to take this over. We don't want to lose all this history. Oh, we're not, we're clinging to the wrong things. We're clinging to our history. We're clinging to things that worked 50 years ago. We're clinging to heritage, which, you know, and I, I love, I love history. I love seeing the way God works throughout time through organizations and groups, but we're not good at, at that surrender of saying, but this isn't the, this is one tool that, that God uses, that the Holy Spirit uses. And if this tool goes away, then that's okay too, because something else, maybe something that, that isn't even for me is going to spring up to take care of these needs (laughs) that, that I can't imagine being met any other way than what I know. <laughs> I mean, it's almost. Yeah. I, 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 I'm saying it's almost laughable, but it's laughable. Like some, like an organization that's, you know, barely a century old uh, is the 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 propagation of the gospel is going to hinge on whether mm-hmm. that organization continues or whether it fails. Yeah, and and so that I'm not being too hard on the church. I know my sister is involved in um, some student council things that 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 parallels some parachurch ministry kind of things pretty closely and she said it's it's kind of the exact same conversation that they go to these camps and and the people that went as as teens are saying how how wonderful and they don't want it to die and they want it to keep it going and invite everyone and get everyone to come and she came in as a new new person as an adult that was her first experience and she mm. said it's not bad but it's not like the whole everything that they had built it up to be like there yeah. are other tools to do what this camp is doing so if it if it dies sure it will be sad but there are other ways to accomplish right. this leadership training that we're doing and you know it's funny as she and I talk about the parallel experiences like that where you know and I don't I know some of these things are so precious some of these marks of 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 church life that we celebrate are so special and they've had such a, a strong role in our lives. It is sad to say, you know what? I had such a, I had such a great experience in Sunday school or youth group growing up, but I also recognize that that's not the way things are going these days. And again, I think when we are, as we get better at that surrender and powerlessness then we understand that we don't have to work so hard to bring about 
this new identity in our lives or in the people that we love. And of course, we balance that with the people that we we pray for. We talked about that, I think, on the podcast, if not in in some various meetings throughout the week. You know, those people mm. that we long to to come to Christ. And it's tempting to think like, oh, if I could just get them to church camp, if I could just get them to youth group, if I could just get them to, to worship or, or whatever the thing is, then, right. then it's all okay too. It's, it'll all be okay. But like, that's the thing that's, yeah. Like that's the thing that's going to save them because that's been our experience. Right. Uh, it's much harder to say, God, I don't know how you're going to do it. And I don't know if I'll get to be a part of it or even get to see it. Yeah. And yet this is still the desire of my heart. Yeah. Uh, I have to make a quick aside because I don't know how much the mic is picking up, but, uh, if, if, if you hear in the background, some scratches Mm -hmm. and some whines and so on, it's, I have two personal assistants with me, uh, today that have four legs each and, uh, we close the doors on them so that they wouldn't be yipping at the squirrels outside. And so, um, they're, they're now sad that they're separated from, from now they can't see the squirrels at all, which they're mad about. Exactly. so. So, um, but we're not we're not like just closing someone into a closet. It's it's okay. Uh, <laughs> so, but no, that's I mean that's the thing. Are we are we centered on? Are we actually in our wrestling? Are we coming to a point where we recognize God and and the 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 need of God in our lives rather than the the need of forms or identities or or things that we construct for ourselves. And that's the that's the wrestling of Jacob. Yeah. He finally gets to the point. I mean, just prior to this section, he prays to God, God of Abraham, God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, and and he really focuses in, and he is praying for his his family, and he's praying for some sort of protection. Um, and he goes through this wrestling to to where he is willing to to grab onto the heel of God rather than his brother, mm-hmm. which he did at birth. And he's willing to grab onto the, the, the body of, of God and say, I, I won't let you go until you bless me. And, and it's in that. And I think, you know, the concern that I have for the church is that we still hang on to those structures. We still hang on to those forms. Mm-hmm. And, and in our daily lives as well, in our daily discipleship, we hang on to, well, I need to be um, a good father. I need to be a good husband. I need mm-hmm. to, and, and those things are true, but they are not ultimate things. Yeah. I think of the, the courage that it takes to even invite God into the struggle. Because so often we cling to platitudes and like bumper sticker theology. God said it that settles it like yes but also no like that that oversimplifies and our experience of, uh, of of life yeah and and i know we've talked before how that i think leads to the idea that if you, if you struggle if you doubt if you have questions if you suffer then maybe your faith maybe your faith is what's weak not you, the world around us you brought up the fact that you know jacob is at once you know deceiver and uh, also man of faith mm-hmm. and and the fact that we don't talk about how he gets there and and he gets there through this breaking down of he he can't hold his life together anymore mm-hmm. you know he's got to leave laban um 
and and that is not on the greatest of terms. He doesn't really want to go back to Esau because, well, he wants to kill me, last yeah. I knew. That's not exactly a great situation. No, that relationship has already been broken seemingly irreparably yeah. you know yeah i mean he he he, he torched that bridge yeah yeah <laughs> he, he was pretty sure it had burned down yeah um and yet he he goes through this intense wrestling and i think and it's only after his uh, his willingness to let god rule over his life that that he transforms from deceiver into a man of faith to to the man who who fathers the twelve tribes, even though they're already in existence. Mm-hmm. You know who has fathered the twelve tribes of Israel and who will um, become the chosen people of God through whom the the prophets, the priests, and the kings will come, and through whom, above all, the Messiah comes. Yeah, and I think it's important to remember that that Jacob is profoundly changed by this experience with God so much so so that he comes out with a limp a weakness a a, a liability yeah and a I worldly th- liability a worldly liability yeah and i think because again our you know our culture does not lift up weakness it does not lift up submission it does not lift up any of those things that that seem to be sacrificing power or giving over of power and yet i think uh, as we wrestle with God, as we wrestle with our faith, as we wrestle with our identity and figuring out who we are in Christ, this weakness has to be a part of it. And we're told, you know, by Paul thousands of years later, you know, in my weakness, in your weakness, my strength is complete. My grace is sufficient for you. Yeah. Um. So we, as we, as we consider this identity, this new identity of Jacob, and realize that weakness is a part of it. Whereas he had, I mean, we see from the very beginning of his life, how he, he tried to claim that power. He tried to grab on to the heel. He tried to trick, um, his way into birthright, into birthright, into power, into blessing, fortune, blessing, all these things. And now we see him with, with a, a discernible weakness. And yet, we see him stepping into this identity that God has given him instead of one he's tried to create for himself. Yeah, let's let's sit on that for just a second because we've talked about identities and 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 so mm-hmm. on and and the the common wisdom of our day is to create your own identity. Who mm-hmm. are you? Um, and then and then once you have created your own identity, that's really unassailable by anyone or anything else. Mm-hmm. Whereas we talked about the fact that that this identity that Jacob gets comes to him from beyond himself. Mm-hmm. It is conferred to him. Um, and that that goes against that goes against kind of the way that both our 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 contemporary understanding of identity, but also the the duty and obligation kind of lifestyle as well of the older generations where you get your identity by hard work and through getting the consequences that you deserve, whether they be good or bad. Um, and and he, Jacob's situation defies both of those sides. Yeah, you had posed the question to the congregation, what has become an idol for us? How do we surrender this so that God can be the center? And 
as we create our own identities, I think they those do become idols. And and you had used examples like the party person or the the scheduler, but I think I mean we're really good at making our identity idols for better or for worse. I you know, I'm the screw up, I'm the black sheep of the family, I'm the victim, mm. I'm the the persecuted one or you know, I, I'm the perfect one, so I can't possibly let anyone down. I'm the helper, so I can't possibly tell anyone no. Yeah. Um, a, and we we resist so much letting those go because if I'm not the helper, then who am I? Right. You know, if I'm not the 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 black sheep of the family, the black sheep of the family, then what kind of relationships is God calling me into? Um, those things are hard. That we, I think we, I know we've talked a lot about creating our own identity, but I think, I don't think we as a culture and as Christians give a lot of thought to those subtle identities that we take on and, and are really hesitant to, to pass up. I, I, you know, yeah, it's really hard because if we, if we give up on those things we've created for ourselves or we feel like the world has given us then who are we and and what is god going to call us to be that's a big question mark yeah and scary yes and 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 one that we're probably frightfully under um under knowledgeable in terms mm-hmm. of our discipleship and you know following christ um uh, we probably don't know him well enough to know how he would respond in 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 our wrestling with him um even though jacob was willing to to wrestle and, and come out the other side of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, you know, I hear this and I, I can hear, um, I, I can hear some people saying, Oh, all this identity to talk, it's, it's hogwash, but really it's, it's, it's the same thing in a different form. I think for generation X and mm-hmm. for the boomer generation and for the greatest generation, it was very much an identity of, of duty and honor and obligation like those were the values yeah each age has just has just lifted certain identities above others i mean i would say my my history is not super great but like the late 60s early 70s it was that countercultural identity and that's what was prized woodstock yeah yeah and 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 the civil rights movement and and all that which was a good thing yes yeah. but but those were the identities at least those are the, the identities that have endured and endured throughout um you know it's harder to pick because i was a, a kid in the 80s but wealth i would say you know that identity of of wealth and and worldly success um yeah. for the 80s and each each age each generation has its own identities that it it's prized and currently i think we're we're just seeing that individual in the individuality of identities yes. don't let anyone else tell you who you are um you know we've already picked on the phrase you do you or find your own truth or right or whatever that is that idea that that you get to create no one can say what what you should be or who you should be um, instead of in, in, instead of placing value on on honor or service or sacrifice or or whatever right right yeah and so it's you know it's just trading one one value for another Mm -hmm. and in all of it we can miss again 
dependence upon God rather than dependence upon ourselves or, mm-hmm. you know, in, 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 in duty obligation kind of, uh, system, you're, you're getting your identity through what you do for, you know, your work or what you do, how you keep your promises and so mm-hmm. on and so forth in terms, terms of individualistic you get your identity through how you're able to stand out mm-hmm. from the crowd, um, no matter what that that looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, all both those sides have have are embarking on the same enterprise. Yeah, just with different different values. Yeah, and there are positive aspects to both for sure. Right, but but they have to be penultimate. They can't be, yeah. They, the, the, the idol in it is when we make those things ultimate things yes, and ends in and of themselves. And I think that's, that's, I don't think we recognize when we make it an end in and of itself mm-hmm. very well. No, I don't think we do either. And, and I would say that's true on individual levels and on, on church levels or, or, uh, you know, the group level too. We, we, I mean isn't that the whole thing with idols? You don't really realize how important you've made them until there, there, there's a, a question or until there's a sacrifice or until they're taken away. And yeah. then all of a sudden you realize, Oh wait, maybe I thought more highly of this than, than I ought to have. Yeah. Yeah. And they will demand idols will always demand more and more from mm-hmm. us. They, they will demand everything and then some, before um <laughs> not even before they will just keep demanding and keep demanding yeah um which is the difference between you know an idol and jesus who comes and says you know come and learn from me because my my yoke is easy and my burden is light mm-hmm. you know that's a total antithesis towards towards the way that that idols work they want more and more if you you might lose your identity you so you better work harder you better mm-hmm. uh put in more hours at the at the office you had better serve in more volunteer organizations you had better uh join more committees you had and whatever that is and that can be yeah. that can be or you better you know stand out from the crowd in this way and that way and yeah i think of the idol of the family and how i, I mean especially and i know i picked on my college last week too i'm going to pick on it again um <laughs> you know where I went to college it was it was the thing to do to get married like two weeks after you graduated you know engage in a ring by spring um Grove City is I mean I mean I didn't go to Grove City and I know that (laughs) and you know that yeah. yeah um and so you know pretty much well not even pretty much from the time of freshman orientation we were told, look to your left, look to your right, your future mate may be in sight. Again, okay. I knew that phrase. You did know, yeah. Yeah. It, so many problems. But so, you know, you're told as an 18-year-old incoming freshman, oh, you know, once you get into a romantic relationship, you'll be you'll be complete. Well, then you're in that romantic relationship. Well, you know, once you get engaged, you'll be complete. Once you get married, you'll be complete. Once you have kids, you'll be complete. Oh, once your kids are... are you know, involved in every sport and activity and successful of that. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're looking back saying, I never, like, it was always more. It was always the next yeah. step. It was always the next thing. And, and, you know, then you're looking back over your life going, what, what you know, did I enjoy any of it? No, I was constantly looking for the more yeah. that was coming. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, 
I mean, the the contentment that Jacob has, I mean, his situation hasn't changed mm-hmm. at, a, at an objective level, uh, uh, you know, in the factual level. You know, he still is walking into a situation where Esau wants to kill him, mm-hmm. or at least he thinks Esau wants to kill him. That hasn't changed. He's still on his way away from Laban and a, you know, a contentious relationship there. You know, the, the question is, you know, what's he going to do? And how is he going to act? Mm-hmm. Um, and and th- some of these things never get fully resolved in his life. I mean, yeah. he, he still is going to have his favorites. Um, Joseph and uh, there's one younger than Joseph. Benjamin. Would, so is it Benjamin? Is it Benjamin? Or Simeon? No, I think it's Benjamin because Benjamin is the one that, that goes back and forth. Okay. I'm, I'm nearly sure. Yeah. And so it's, it's because we don't know Joseph and the amazing Technicolor dream code. It all I, goes back to that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and <laughs> sorry, that's, that's going to make me giggle. Um, but like, that's the thing. He's still going to have his favorites. He's still going to have his issues. Mm-hmm. He still loves Rachel more than he loves Leah. And, uh, you know, one of the sad aspects of this story is that Leah is going to go to the grave. Never the fully loved wife. Yeah. I mean, but there, there is definitely something different about Jacob. Um, he tries to start living into being Israel. Yeah. Um, but it, it takes his entire life and then some. Yeah. And I think as we, as we talk about identity, as we talk about the Christian identity, as we talk about putting on Christ, it doesn't just mean it doesn't mean that all of these other identities go away and and we have to kind of figure out how how god how this identity that that is given to us in christ is going to play around with with our own identities for good and for bad for you know with with the individual giftings we have with the individual passions we have and with the individual sins and shortcomings and and smudge marks that we <laughs> we have as well and how as you said you know it's not as if you know certainly Jacob argued with God but and and was changed as a or struggled with God and was changed as a result of that and and became faithful but I doubt he completely left behind his lust for power I mean I'm sure those things were still yeah all a part of them even as as I think you like to use some of Paul's phrasing as you constantly have to then put to to death the works of the flesh yes. within you and the the proclivity to the flesh. But he was able to do that now because he had put on this other identity. And so I don't want to give the picture that that once we struggle with God and we put on this identity, then then all these other things will go away and we'll no longer have a passion for a bigger house or more cars or or more success or a, a greater family, whatever that looks like, or a greater job, you know, promotion and, and all that. Um, we just have to figure out how those identities are going to work together for the kingdom of God and for the benefit of our own lives and the lives around us, rather than let those be the end in themselves. That's a, that's a good way to pray, put it in that, that, that our identity in Christ then becomes the primary identity mm-hmm. through which all the other identities gain their meaning. Then, yes. Rather than trying to have one of those other identities give meaning to, to everything else. Yeah. The matrix switches. Yeah. Um, and that's, and, and the problems of the old matrix, if we had something else, uh, 
at the center of our life don't as you said don't just kind of poof go away or like a, a disney movie mm. get frozen in the middle of the air and yeah. they, you know they just fall to the ground harmlessly yeah, in ash glitter ash yeah yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly Thank you, Cinderella. uh and then jj abrams comes in and gives a, a, a lens flare yeah yeah <laughs> But no, those things don't just go away. And so now we have to actually work to resolve them with God being in the center and mm-hmm. giving meaning to everything else. It would have been interesting to see what what Jacob would have been like had he gone back and interacted with Laban again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because that's a loose end. Yeah. You know, we're never given that, you know, and, and Jacob and Laban reconcile and there's a yeah. big feast. No, we're just given that, Esau and and Jacob are reconciled. Yeah. And then Jacob goes, or, you know, Jacob slash Israel goes on to, you know, lose some of his family and and still favor others and and Mm -hmm. still struggle to to let God rule. Yeah. As his name, as his name indicates. And I think that's our call too, as we, and, and I think that's our struggle with God. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure people, most people aren't actually encountering a, a physical struggle that's going to leave them with a physical limp, but mm. we, we constantly have to discern where now God and, and how do I put to get, put aside these other things or, or what am I being called to put aside? What am I being called to hold on to, but in a lesser capacity, how, you know, how can I use these other passions you've given me in light of of who I am as your beloved child yeah yeah and that I wish we did a better job of that of of, as a church in our discipleship helping people especially as I think about young people as they as they grow up and you know even my son's in seventh grade and people are already starting to ask him what do you you know what do you want to do after high school what do you want to be when you grow up and and we're not good at helping young people or anybody discern how to balance gifts gifts and skills and and passions and interests with who they've been created to be in Christ and how to how to be how to have that identity as a christian be primary whether whether you're a Christian banker or a Christian insurance salesman or a Christian IT person or plumber or electrician or whatever else yeah. follows that. Well, I think that's even betrayed in the question we ask people. We ask mm-hmm. people, you know, what do you want to be instead of who do you think God has called you to be? Yeah. Yeah, even, I mean, even in the, the grammar itself, what what do you want to be when you grow up? Not what job do you want to do, but yeah. that this idea that, that you take on the- this is your primary identity i know that's something especially before i was ordained because i was working in a church so i wasn't really a pastor because i wasn't ordained but i kind of was because i was working in a church and like well you know what do you do i, I don't know i don't know who am i what am what <laughs> what is all this um other than i'm a child of god which you know when that is our primary identity it's a little easier to deal with some of these other ambiguities yeah yeah and and as we said then if if we're going to take on that identity we've got to recognize that that god is probably going to break some other things down and Mm -hmm. it's going to be it's going to be difficult it's going to be painful at times 
Um, but in the end, it becomes uh, for God's glory and for our good mm-hmm. um, that those things happen. Um, and that's that's the real blessing, not, you know, oh, I, you know, got A1 parking at the Steeler game or, yeah. you know, um, you know, I got tickets to the Steeler game, which <laughs> could be miraculous in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, uh, but that those you know, it redefines those words for the way we're supposed to be. Um, and it, it gives us a new way of being and it's hard to live. It's hard to live into, into that, Mm -hmm. that way of being. Um, and, and I think that's, it's one thing that we expect of our clergy then that sometimes we don't expect of our congregants. Yeah. We expect you to be holy. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, Christ expects you to be holy. Oh, but you're the clergy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. You're the professional Christian. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And we're just, we're just all kind of mm-hmm. the, we're just kind of the, the avocational Christians. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not a healthy thing. No. Um, that's, that's not a healthy thing at all. Um, we need Christians who are, are deeply imbued in the identity of Christ first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, and then church people after that. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds so simple. And yet it is, it, uh, it is one of the biggest struggles to, to consistently put to death these, these other, you know, I, it's so easy to get caught up in what the world expects of us or, or wants of us. I know I feel it. And we, we just talked about how, um, you know, Christmas is not that far away. And I don't want to say that too loud. It'll hear me and come faster. But... Christmas time <laughs> is here. Thank you. Thanks for that. Sorry. Um, but how easy it is to get caught up in in the commercialism or in the making the magic of, of someone else. And I can see it happening in my life each each year when I walk through, you know, Target or Walmart or, you know, as I scroll through Amazon thinking like, I got to get this and I got to get that and I got to make it magical and I got to, you know, our elf has to do all these crazy things um somersaults yeah um our elf just hides she's kind of boring but how easy it is to get sucked up into what the world says our identity should be and um vocationally and as people and um professionally it's a constant struggle to to put those things aside and and not just necessarily not take them off altogether because some of them are are important to keep. They're what makes us individuals. But letting letting that Christian identity, that the identity that says we're to love other people, the identity that says we're supposed to have a heart for the lost, the identity that mm. says to um, to put the widows and the orphans and the disadvantaged ahead of our own personal game gain, um, it, it's a constant battle and struggle. And and some days we we get much closer to one than the other. Uh, yeah. At least in my life, some days I do do much better. And then some days I look back and think, Oh, you know, what am I doing? <laughs> but yeah, the, I mean, I, I referenced in the worship service, a quote by, I think it was Bonhoeffer. Um, and I gave it just a, a, a little nod that, it, that Bonhoeffer had said, you know, to that we should live our lives in such a way as to cause non-Christians to doubt their unbelief, mm-hmm. which is a, which is a fantastic way of phrasing it. Yeah, 
Yeah, and to use a phrase that, again that we used early in the podcast to live a life of intrigue to yes. know, to allow that identity in Christ to speak so loudly that other people say, "Huh, I want that." Or what? What it, at minimum? What's behind that? Like, right? You know, why isn't this person struggling or or suffering in the same way? That I am, or, or not necessarily like on the the level of who gets cancer and who doesn't, but right. you know, why isn't this person reacting to suffering the same way I am? Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's a lot bound up in this, and and there's a lot that could be explored, um, and it's not going to be explored in a sermon. I no. mean, that's the reality of that uh, of this discussion. We can talk about this, but but you you really have to have someone who is again, it's that de- discipleship, faithful, available, um, teachable, and and reproducing. They they've got to be available to this idea that 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 Christ is not in the center of their life and needs to be moved to that point. Um, otherwise, if if there's no availability to that thought, then there's actually no hope for the discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and that comes through personal relationship. It does not come through a, a sermon. It's more likely to come through per- personal travesty than it is through a sermon, honestly, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, because when the when everything else is, is taken away, when all these other things that we have valued are taken away, you know, the, the job, we, we get downsized, or the relationship falls apart, or... Or where the kids go off to college and we're no longer, our primary yeah. identity isn't parent and taxi driver anymore. <laughs> the, those things, I think, give us a glimpse of what what we valued so highly. And they give us a chance to um, to shift, to shift our, our focus, our vision, our, our priority. And so it is often in the in in the changes in the difficult things and again we're seeing that in the church when we're no longer the the cornerstone of society when our Mm. programs are no longer prized above all else it's revealing where where we lifted those things above the gospel yeah yeah for sure for sure which is painful and hard yeah and that's going to require a lot of work on our part Mm -hmm. and a lot of a lot of deep honesty about where the soul of our ourselves and the soul of our, our churches is. Mm-hmm. And who are, are we if we're not the church with the Great Vacation Bible School program? Or who are we if we're not the church with the the best food pantry or, or whatever whatever the the thing is? More 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 people attending than we can put on our pews. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Lots of lots of hard work to be mm-hmm. done there but it's good work because on the other side of it is is the rule of god um and that's that's a good place to be mm-hmm. it, it's okay to give up that power yeah so i think uh, you know that would be my prayer for anyone who's listening that they would give up that the, mm-hmm. the self-searching the self-made identity and 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 really look into an identity that's that's firmly grounded and given by christ yeah yeah and and my prayer is that that our listeners would would have people with whom they can talk about these things with and and explore even the question what what doesn't an identity in Christ even look like yeah because um, for some of us I think we may not even know because no <laughs> because we have 
as a culture lifted up well an identity in christ means working as many as possible hours as, as possible at the church nope that's not it you know yeah. an identity in christ means raising a faithful family or being uh, you know being an honest business person um, we have we have mushed things together so much that that even just figuring out what our identity in Christ is can be a challenge. Yeah, so for I, sure. I pray that that each of us has communities in which we can work that kind of stuff out and who will hold us up when some of those other identities are challenged and shattered and, and scraped up and, and moved aside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think that that does it for us for this week. Um, uh, if you have found this episode helpful, would you please leave a rating and a review and then share it so that others can discover it more easily? That, uh, that is one of the easiest ways that you can share um, the hope of Christ and then discuss this with, with someone uh, who isn't necessarily Pastor Dean or I, although we always welcome your comments and yep. feedback. Um, but, you know, discuss the, the content of this or any of the sermons with someone to say, what do you think? And, and uh, does this ring for you? And so on. Um, that's an easy way to, to share your faith. Also, click the subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. That ensures that you get a new episode anytime they drop. We're headed into October, and we've got some uh, vacations coming up, and we don't know exactly when <laughs> new episodes are going to drop. Also, so, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, let us know. Yes. Uh, so if you want to, to co-host here and, and uh, provide some insight into how the Scripture is working in your life and how the, the reflections of the sermon are working in your life, we would love to have you add your voice to the mix. All this we really appreciate. But until next time, I am Pastor James. And I'm Pastor Dina. And we hope, this, we hope that this helps you connect Sunday to the weekday.